episode 44, chapter 2 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today... We're continuing our conversation with John Opaluski. John Opaluski is a graduate of Oral Roberts University. He served as a pastor for 15 years, and he's worked in the business world for nearly two decades, serving in multiple leadership roles. John's experience as a leader in both the church and business arenas has made him a sought-after international speaker, consultant, and mentor. He and his wife, Laura, founded Converge Coaching in 2012. Our public, external life does not necessarily reflect the state of our internal lives. Gordon MacDonald writes, We are naively inclined to believe that the most publicly active person is the most privately spiritual. We assume that the larger the church, the greater its heavenly blessing. The more information about the Bible a person possesses, we think, the closer he or she must be to God. We can even make these false assumptions about our own lives. And these false assumptions may lead us to ignore the signs of burnout as leaders. We can be lulled into thinking the good things happening around us are signs we're on the right path in our journeys of discipleship. But it's in these moments, if we aren't paying attention, that our brokenness that we've ignored or covered up will eventually break through. And when that happens, we find ourselves face to face with burnout. In this chapter, John pulls back the curtain on his own story of being a pastor and struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts. It's an honest look at what can happen when we don't take the time to evaluate our private inner worlds. But there is hope if we find ourselves going down that path. And John's story is proof that God is always there to walk with us, and that he wants us not only to recover from burnout, but to thrive in whatever position he calls us to fill in life. Let's uh, shift a little bit and talk about uh, recovering from burnout. But I want to I want to allow you to kind of preface this with a little bit of your own story, if you would. Sure. Uh, right now, you work in uh, coaching, and before that, you were in the uh, the business world. But before that, you were mm-hmm. a pastor. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and uh, how you moved into each one of those different phases? Sure. So uh, right out of college, I started as a youth pastor in a church plant uh, here in Michigan. And uh, I also worked a full-time job. So I was bivocational the first two years of ministry and I worked, I don't know, between the two, probably was doing 70 to 75 hours a week, uh, newly married and uh, yeah, really pushing hard. Um, Left that church. I was invited by another church uh, to be their youth pastor. This was a church that was much larger. So I left the the, uh, bivocational um, status and went full time as a youth pastor for six years uh, at the uh, at at a larger church. And that was uh, six wonderful years there. Uh, Left there and was uh, asked actually asked by the lead pastor of this larger church where I was the youth pastor if I would be willing to go back to that church plant that had, well, it wasn't a plant anymore and be the lead pastor there. And, uh, you know, so that ended up happening. And uh, so about four years in as a lead pastor, about four and a half years in as a lead pastor, I I went through 
uh, severe major depression. Um, it had been building, I, I think, probably for decades. But the the unique pressure of being a lead pastor just squeezed all of not all of my brokenness, but a lot of my brokenness up to the surface. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was in the fight for my life. I I was uh, so depressed. I wasn't sleeping. Wasn't eating. Um, all of the things we talked about, irritable, uh, inability to focus, um, wanting, seriously uh, wanting and planning to take my life. Um, our church at the time was at, uh, was at its best point in terms of growth in our tenure. So the church was doing great. Uh, people were coming to Jesus, being baptized, growing in the Lord. Uh, our financial picture was really rosy. So all of that stuff on the outside was great. You know, married to a beautiful uh, young lady, four boys who were healthy and, and a lot of fun. But on the inside, I was I was a train wreck uh, emotionally, and I got to that point where I thought there was no way out. And uh, so um, I got help. You know, my wife knew I was in trouble, and uh, she got me to a doctor. She got me to a counselor. And then she put three couples around me. And we're talking about relationships here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, here's the relational side of this that was so powerful. She put three couples around me who loved me, prayed for me, understood what I was going through. And she ran interference for me and kept people who were uh, draining, who were mean-spirited, she kept those people away from me because I was in such a fragile state at the time. Um, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you guys today if it wasn't for her. And if it wasn't for those three couples, I would have never made it through uh, that dark, long tunnel. So I, I hung on there for about two and a half more years and then uh, pivoted, resigned and pivoted and went into the corporate world. So, yeah, I do want to talk about your corporate world experience as well. Um, but I have to ask, like, so you're in this place, you're three years in, you're you're experiencing growth in the church, and yet you feel more depressed than ever. What yeah. is it? What was it in you? And then maybe is it is it the same thing you see in leaders? Like, what drives church leaders especially to continue to push in times like that, when they feel burnout, they feel like there's no escape. Like, what are we, because I mean, and I've experienced, uh, you know, many bouts of depression in my own life. What is it that we are, are striving for, even while we feel like the thing that we're striving for is killing us? Yeah, that's, that's such a deep question. Um, you know, for some of us, it's all we know. That's what was, that's what was modeled to us. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's the uh, that's the uh, look that we we saw. Uh, some of us, I think, all of us, come into ministry with varying degrees of brokenness, and uh, and a lot of times the brokenness in our lives is driving us to do things um, that don't make sense. Uh, I mean, it didn't make sense that I was working as hard as I was working for as long as I was working. It, it, it didn't make logical sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't make sense that um, I was so dependent on the approval of people 
in order to feel good about myself. Um, but all of that was beneath the surface, guys. It was it was it was brokenness in my life that I believe the Lord used the the role of lead pastor to squeeze me. Not because he was he's mean. It, it was out of his love uh, mm -hmm, for me, yeah. and and this and this brokenness emerged into my awareness, and I finally realized I'm in trouble. I need to, I need to first of all get healthy, but then after I get healthy, I got to figure out a whole new way to live my life. Um, so it's hard for me to say what's going on in the mind of everybody who does this, but for me, I, I didn't know any different. I didn't know a different way. I didn't realize how messed up I really was, um, and uh, I needed I needed healing. You know, I needed God to do something internally on the inside to get me to realize, wow, I, I, I'm just going about this in, in a mm -hmm. in an unsustainable manner. Yeah, you know, that's that's a cool thought. I hadn't really thought about it, although I've battled with it myself. This idea that you didn't know any other way, um, and I, it, that's so true because a lot of times we, especially you know, in the church, we get caught up in following the patterns of the culture around us. And right. so if that's what the world, I mean, right now there's like a whole, you know, entrepreneurial movement. That's all about the hustle, trying to hustle, you know, like 24 seven. And if you're not hustling, you know, you're dying and you're a failure and, and all this sort of stuff, which then starts to speak to this idea of identity mm. that if you are not, if you are not doing all of these things, you're not measuring up and, We've talked about it on the podcast, my own struggles with doing to try, you know, to try to define who I am, that we just sort of get into this recurring pattern without ever thinking, like without ever knowing that that's what we're doing. We just sort of have this mindset of like, this is what it must mean to live for the kingdom of God. So, uh, you just know, gotta buck up and do your best. And then if you feel hurt. like you're struggling, there's something wrong with you. Right. Like you are deficient now because you can't, you know do the Christian hustle 24 seven. And, you know, I think that's a great, great point that people need to realize, right. Is that, you know, burnout is real. I mean, we're talking about leaders specifically, but even for people in their personal lives, um, you know, right now as everybody's home and quarantined with the coronavirus and, you know, we're dealing with kids and family and, you know, maybe a little bit of cabin fever that, um, you know, you've got to realize you've got limits, even even in your house. <laughs> yeah. And so not to take these things, I think, uh, too seriously as far as like, you know, the enemy is going to use this as an opportunity to attack our identities, to say that we are not enough or we are not good enough and whatever it is, right, of, of right. being a, uh, a mother, father, spouse, uh, uh, minister, business owner, whatever it is. I mean, things are going to get bad, but um, – but what you're talking about here is we need to we need to be able to step back a little bit and to be able to evaluate what's going on in our lives because if we don't have that community around us to help us evaluate it and somebody to just say, you know, like look, take a day off. <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. you should sleep a little bit or or maybe if you're sleeping too much, you know, get out and do some exercise. Let's go, yeah, let's work. get out and go do something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um so I think that's a I think that's a really really important point from your uh from your story i just wanted to emphasize there <laughs> i want to again underscore the point from john's story that burnout and depression can quickly sneak up on us if we aren't paying attention to our lives 
And this can only happen by routinely taking time away from our normal work and hustle of life to evaluate what is driving us. We are often driven by unconscious motives and desires to measure up to other people's expectations or to prove ourselves that we are worthy of love or of being in a leadership position or fill in the blank. But when we learn to step back and ask ourselves some hard questions, we will be able to see where our hearts truly lie. Are you working so you can define your identity on your own terms? Or are you simply in a difficult season of life that requires a little bit more of your time and attention than you're used to? The answers themselves can't hurt us. They can only tell us where we're at in our life's journey. So I want to challenge you to Take some time and ask yourself some of these hard questions. What is driving you? What gets you out of bed in the morning and pushes you to strive for more? Are you trying to define your own identity? Are there areas of your life that you need to give to God and allow Him to work through? And as you ask these questions, don't be afraid of the answers. The enemy tries to convince us that we should be afraid of the answers because they reveal our shortcomings. But he knows that once we are able to tell ourselves the truths and submit ourselves to God, we will find peace and freedom that allows us to live our lives from a place of joy. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about John's work, check out convergecoach.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where John talks about the ways we can recover from burnout and how long that journey takes. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.